Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Proudly sponsored by B. Braun, a world-leading provider of healthcare solutions. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to this week's Show Me The Science podcast. This week's topic is the limits of the human body. And this is an absolute fascination. I came across this um, the other day. What is the limit as to what we can do as human beings in terms of, say, running, jumping, standing still, uh, different sports, all kinds of things. In other words, the body's like a machine. How can you drive it? And we're all intrigued by this, aren't we? When we're first forced in school to run, we're thinking, why am I running? I feel tired, I should stop, you know, and I'm very, you know, I'm fed up with this kind of thing and how far could I run? And then people, obviously, sport is extremely important for many of us. It's a fantastic thing, sport, for us in so many ways. Um, and then people do marathons, people do triathlons, and, and scientists have looked at this because they're very interested in it. Because, obviously, to learn how the body works, how it burns nutrients, uh, how much can the body endure in different situations is interesting anyway as a scientific question. Um, you know, and obviously it's got all these health benefits, and if you don't want to overdo it because you might damage your body, and people often wonder, oh, should I be running a marathon in my 60s, say, or not? Or, or if I'm in my 20s, how much can I, can I take of this sport? And, and, and obviously sports injuries can be very serious. So it's a really an interesting topic for all kinds of reasons. But as a scientific question, it's a fascination. Anyway, what would be the limit that humans can do? And, and the human, it's a machine, the body. And as you would all know, if you drive your car too hard, you're going to damage the engine, you know. And the human body is no different. It's made of chemicals, like a car engine is anyway. You are taking in fuel, like a car engine does as well. Exhaust is coming off, and that can be damaging and all that kind of thing. So we know an awful lot about how the body operates like a machine, and it will have these limits. And of course, it's interesting as well. And we're all fascinated by, uh, you know, can you beat the record? And we're all going to be watching the Olympics if they go ahead. Let's hope they do. Uh, will they beat the records? And every athlete wants a personal best. And imagine holding the world record for things. What would the limit of that be is another thing. And then another really interesting thing I'm going to talk about is the mind. So it's not just about how good your muscles are. and that your mu The cars don't have a mind. So that's, a good, that's a good difference, actually, to be honest. Cars can't uh, overcome it if their engine is being damaged. But we can, our minds can press on through, you see. Uh, we can use our minds in a way to, 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 to endure things and to have, you know, resilience and endurance. And how important is that versus the physical aspects? And again, there's some very interesting stuff coming out on, on how the mind can do it. And every athlete will tell you they can break on through sometimes and keep going, you know, in the face of their body screaming stop. And yet they can keep on going. How damaging is that? It's obviously part of the way we're built, which is fine. So again, the limits of that are being, are being studied as well. And it's strange where it was humans. We always want to run fast be smarter, climb the highest mountain, live longer. Why are we so competitive? Just relax, everybody, for crying out loud. Who cares if the other guy beats you in the race? You know, although it is part of our nature, isn't it, to be competitive? We want to win, don't we? And, and that's interesting. It must be partly to do with status and, you know, the guy who, who wins uh, is now the king and then they may get more resources, more access to food or maybe, you know, the woman who's the champion in a sporting event, maybe she thinks, oh, I'll attract a really powerful partner and I'll have children that are strong and those kinds of things. You know? So it may be tied into status. We think partly while we're trying to do things, run faster and run all that, you know, 
run longer distances and all those kinds of things and to break these world records uh, so it's interesting isn't it although you know people often figure I keep trying you know I'm pushing the whole time and then they realise when they win the race oh, well maybe it wasn't worth doing anyway but still it is part of our nature to do this now we know some of these numbers so the heaviest weight I think was in 1978 a guy called John Minock, 1,400 pounds, which is a huge weight to lift. There was so much weight, he couldn't even get on the scales and they had to kind of, get, kind of guess what the weight was. But there's a limit to the muscles as to how much you can actually physically lift. And they reckon that's one example of a, of a limit and, and whether you can lift heavier weights and that will just damage your muscles, you know. The second one that we love is who's the fastest person ever? And that is Usain Bolt, great name I've often thought. They get away first time, Tyson Gay right alongside Usain Bolt, but here he goes, streaking away already. It's Bolt all the way, he's looking round at He has the world record. He ran the 100 metres in 9.58 seconds. A new world record for Usain Bolt. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. And that currently is the world record. He's the fastest person ever then, because to get to cover 100 metres in that, in that uh, time means he was running at the fastest speed of any human ever. And it must be a thrill to say I'm the fastest person ever, I suppose. But they've looked at that. They've looked at sprinting over the decades. They're trying to draw graphs and project how far can they go. The limit is likely to be 9.48 seconds in 100 metres from our current muscles and our physiology and our bodies. Bolt has the perfect physique for this. He's, he's like a finely tuned engine. Um, so to go beyond 9.48 is thought to be impossible unless something changes in our muscles in some way naturally. Remember, you can't be thinking about, uh, you know, doping and things like that. So, so the natural limit might be 9.48. Can you break through that? Well, I mean, the mind thing can't really get the body to go faster than that, probably. So mind over matter won't really apply there, you see. So that's why they think these kinds of limits are there. And then in terms of the endurance limits, that's really interesting. And the marathon, of course, is the big event. Uh, the record there at the moment is two hours, uh, one minute, 39 seconds. The famous Kipchoge ran that. Meters to go. Elliot Kipchoge, let's keep an eye on the clock into the final 20 seconds. And that's, that's running a marathon. Amazing, isn't it? Two hours or whatever it might be. Again, they've looked at what might be the ultimate limit there, and they reckon one hour, 58 minutes might be the ultimate endurance, the ultimate speed that you could run a marathon in. Now, it's, it's hard to calculate these things, obviously, but they've got some evidence. Um, if you drive it too hard, you begin to cause damage and that becomes a problem. And any sporting event will drive a bit of damage anyway, but the body can repair itself. Like we did evolve on the plains of Africa to run after the antelope. So we're supposed to be exercising in this way. And there can be a bit of damage and then you get repair to that damage, which is fine. But the question then becomes, when does that damage become really bad for you, you know, and when do you get this inflammatory process, we call it. And there is evidence for this. So after any exercise, really, especially uh, high impact exercise or ultra endurance type events, you will see increases in inflammatory proteins in your bloodstream. There's one called CRP, for instance, and people who've got severe inflammatory diseases, they blow the CRP as a marker of the inflammation, and it does go up during exercise, but it goes down again because you fix it, so it's fine. But of course, the question is, if it gets too high, then it might be really damaging to your body, and people are very interested in trying to figure that one out as well. Now, remember, um, clearly the body is a finely tuned thing, and it will tell you, stop running, stop doing this because you're damaging yourself, and that's why we have a limit in a way.
So in other words, the body can sense this injury in some way and then, you know, you'll stop running and protect yourself in a way. And of course, in these sporting events, you're breaking on through that in many ways. Training can clearly help because that makes everything a bit better anyway. Your lungs take in more oxygen. That's part of the whole business of burning fuel. You need oxygen and they measure this thing called VO2 in the lungs and what's the max of that in various ways. So, so in other words, we can train to improve endurance. Of course we can. But eventually everybody, the body will say, stop, enough is enough. And that's a evolved thing it's a protective thing it would have evolved to be in that way so it's important to, to listen to your own body I suppose to some extent but getting back to the, the endurance thing so so the question is what would be the limit of that now this was a tremendous study this is the study that got my attention in many ways amazing as it may seem there is an event in the US it's a race across the USA which goes on for a few months and they run six marathons a week, can you believe it, over the course of 140 days. They end up running more than 3,000 miles. Now, this is human beings running six marathons a week. Now, I've never run a marathon, but I believe it's horrendously difficult to do. Uh, imagine running a marathon uh, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, for six a week. I mean, it's incredible. And obviously, these are very highly trained, highly tuned athletes, and they studied them in great detail it was a really good example of you know using real data now to monitor these people and see what was happening in their bodies and what they realised was these people weren't especially damaging themselves because they were highly trained uh, and they didn't sort of suddenly collapse and you know and, and, and there's no evidence so far that their lives were shortened by this thankfully mainly because of training they think by the way but what they did, they did something interesting they, they calculated their metabolic rate now when you're resting you're, the engine's ticking over, basically, right? And you're burning 4,000 calories a day. There's various ways to measure it, but that's the unit they were using in this. And that's your basal, what's called your basal metabolic rate. Just to keep your heart and your brain going, you're burning a bit of fuel and the engine's like a car engine is ticking over. The question is, how much did that go up? Because obviously, once you start exercising, you burn more fuel. The car now, let's use the analogy, uh, you put the foot to the floor, the car takes off, starts burning more petrol, the body begins to burn more nutrients. Uh, to keep obviously the engine going the body's engine going so the question is what would that metabolic rate increase to well it gets to 2.5 times that and that is the limit okay so if you go over that for a protracted period you will be doing damage was the idea and that's what that study told us they could calculate that and most of them had a, an increase in metabolic rate because they were running, obviously, uh, but it didn't get really high, so therefore they were fine. If it goes, they think now if that goes over 2.5, then you might begin to see some injury, and that would be a concern. Now, of course, for some events, you need to have a really big increase in the metabolic rate. You know, for example, a single marathon, you get up to 15-fold at times, the metabolic rate during that. The Tour de France, they're getting up to 4.9-fold, right? That's a very high-impact event as we as you would all know the cycling tour de france so those numbers are, are, have been calculated now and, and 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 those are the kinds of increases but clearly these the ultra marathon people kept it below the 15 over time because they were able to do that you know but the average person who does a marathon they'll see this 15 fold plus increase in metabolic rate as they're running and and that allows them to run the marathon of course it does you know and so we know a lot about that as well and, and, and all this has been measured in different sports um, and it looks as if the limit is to do with digestion obviously because you're trying to digest the food to keep you going and then your lungs 
the VO2, there's a limit. Because obviously you take in oxygen, that helps to oxidize the food and burns it, you see. And then we get energy from the food. So, so it's the lungs and the digestive system give us the limit on this in a way. And if you really press them hard and increase the metabolic rate for too high a level for too long, you might do yourself a bit of an injury unless you're highly trained is the idea. So, so these measurements are a fascination. So you can do these endurance things if you're trained and you just need to be careful. And of course, obviously, if we were on the plains of Africa, during evolution, there were times you had to run away from the lion. You better get the metabolic rate through the roof then as you run away as fast as you can, soup up the engine, you see. So the body's designed to increase the metabolic rate to give you the energy that you need to escape, probably is one reason for this, you see. And then that's fine. It's, it's perfectly healthy and an evolved thing to do. You're not supposed to be keeping your metabolic rate at 15-fold for, for days and days and days. That will damage the engine, for example. So these kinds of numbers become very, very useful. Now, the other thing I want to talk about though is the mind part, because that's another fascination what about the mind can you break through this your body is saying stop like let's say you are running away from a lion and if you feel a bit tired and you're going to lie down the lion's going to eat you isn't it and even though your body is saying stop you're really hurting my muscles the mind overrules that and you survive so again that mind over matter kind of idea uh, is what's going on here and again a lot of studies on that to see if you can um you know, I suppose be, be more enduring in these events and so on. And athletes will tell you the mind is extremely important in various ways. So it's a very interesting one to think about. And a really interesting study done by uh, someone called Samuel Marcona, which I saw. They did a very interesting experiment. They put people on treadmills and then they flashed in front of them faces. Now this sounds a bit strange. Little faces were flashed in front of them. And if they flashed up smiling faces versus faces that were grimacing, the question was, could they stay on the treadmill for longer? And this was called subliminal. So the faces were flashed up at 16 milliseconds, a tenth of the blink of an eye. And the person looking at the screen couldn't tell if they were seeing smiling or grimacing faces, which is strange. And yet the brain was registering it, you know. And guess what? The ones who were shown the smiling faces could go for 10% longer. Now, what was going on there, and it's, it's quite a good study because it was done properly, and as I say, we have to look at these studies and make sure they're, they're, they're well designed, that everything in, in science actually they design the experiment. Um, but it was a good one, and we think the numbers look reasonable. It must have been the smiling faces were encouraging the person to keep going, strangely, in their minds, you know, and they were, it was even subconscious. And it made them a bit ease, the sense of, they reckon, if you use the phrase, there was a sense of ease if they were seeing these smiling faces, and that gave them a bit more endurance, you see. So that was evident that the mind can press through this situation and then you can go for 10% longer and obviously that's very important because sometimes you need to have the mind over matter here especially as the analogy I gave of the lion running after you can see how this would have evolved you know so it's very clever that the brain would be built in that way and then uh, you know we know as well for example uh, drugs certain drugs will allow people to keep going and that's the mind again being programmed in a certain way this is um, you know experimental stuff obviously but very interestingly actually a drug called EPO now erythropoietin is a natural hormone in your body that brings out red blood cells now red blood cells are the place that you carry oxygen around all your tissues so your muscle needs oxygen it comes from red blood cells EPO if you inject EPO into someone or into an animal say the level of the red blood cells goes up an awful lot and of course it was used in doping and the first assumption was EPO was just increasing oxygen if you like to the tissues to burn more fuel guess what EPO affects the brain as well and it improves endurance 
So, in other words, EPO was having a double whammy. It was bringing more oxygen to the tissues, but secondly, it was getting you to keep on going. And that was a surprising result at the time, uh, yet to be fully confirmed, it must be said, but it still struck me as extremely interesting. And then we have um, a couple of more things to mention. What are the actual endurance limits on other things? And, and of course, scientists are very interested in this. We think one reason why you eventually stop running, say, or stop exercising, is you overheat. And the body can overheat and therefore you better stop now because you're going to burn, damage the tissue in various ways. The limit is 42 degrees centigrade of the body. We think if you go above that, you're in big trouble. The body temperature, remember, is about 39. So, so going above that can be really damaging and we can sense that you get heat stroke, for example. Uh, for cold, uh, we can last 30 minutes in water that's 5 degrees centigrade and then that's very damaging. So again, we know there are these physical limits anyway and they can feed into some of this. Uh, for hunger, you can lose 30% of your body weight. If you lose any more, you're in big trouble. And then for dehydration can be really serious. And of course, athletes are very well aware of this as well. You need to take in a litre a day anyway. But if you're exercising, you're sweating and you're releasing fluids as well. So it's very important to keep your fluids up there because they're going to be very damaging. And obviously, we, our bodies need water. You don't want to dry out, dry out an engine and you're in trouble. Uh, you can lose 40% of your blood and survive, which is good. So again, we've got limits there. Again, that must be evolved. In other words, you can bleed a fair bit without dying, which is very good, you see. So, so there are these limits as well to do with those kinds of things. But the last thing I want to tell you about is another really interesting thing if you're a biochemist, actually, because it's hitting the wall. And anybody who runs a marathon or exercises a lot will tell you they will reach a point during the marathon when you go, oh, your whole system seems to collapse. It seems to be after, say, cycling, after two hours of cycling, you hit the wall. Uh, for running, it's around about the 24-kilometer mark. You hit the wall, and then you really feel like stopping. You're going, please stop. You feel you have no energy, really difficult, and it's awful. Keep going. You can break on through that. And... What the wall actually is, it's a 14% reduction in power in the engine. So, you, you know, 14% down a little bit. And, and, and of course, it's a fascination. Well shown scientifically, reproducible. This happens in most people. And the biochemists wondered, what's going on when you hit the wall? Well, if we know, wait till you hear this. One of your main storage forms of nutrients in your body, because remember, when you eat food, you burn the food and it's fantastic. You get energy from food and nutrients and all kinds of things. But you store some away, but like a squirtle, I suppose, in a way for the winter. In this case, you store away glucose in the form of a thing called glycogen. And that is in your liver and it's in your muscle and it's a storage form of glucose. Now, when you're exercising, you release glucose from the glycogen because you need a bit more to fuel the engine, you know, and they maybe haven't eaten for a while. So we're always burning glycogen and laying down glycogen after meals. That's a very interesting thing. So it turns out that the wall is the moment at which you've depleted all your glycogen. And the body can sense that because it can sense this light drop in glucose. And that affects you and they go, oh, you feel this lack of power. And it's partly hormonal, uh, things like serotonin and dopamine change. And they're obviously things making you feel different, you know, uh, which is interesting. Serotonin actually goes up a bit and that can make you feel a sense of fatigue. Dopamine goes down and dopamine, remember, is the happy hormone in, in the oversimplified, of course, but still dopamine levels give you a sense of well-being. If that goes down, you begin to feel really awful, you know. And so therefore the body is sensing glycogen stores and glucose gets depleted and these sensors now go off and say, stop, you know. Now, of course, you switch then to burning other fuel sources and you break on through and that's why you begin to feel okay again because now we start to burn fats. You can even burn proteins and that can be quite damaging in the muscle. 
and you don't want to be burning your proteins. It's like you're, 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 you're burning some of the key structural parts of your body there, which can be damaging, you know, not being into... Again, training can help with this. It's okay to burn a bit of protein. It's not too bad. But still, it can become a problem. But in highly trained athletes, you break through the wall and you carry on. Some even don't sense it because they've got so many quick ways to switch over. Their source of nutrients can be switched. And a lot of work has gone into this. So we know now what hitting the wall means. And then again, it must be evolved because probably we did have to run for miles and miles to get away from attacks or whatever it might be. You had to exercise or in various ways. And therefore you would see this happening. And then we had a way to break through it and keep going because otherwise we might have been bumped off by the line or whatever it might be. So in other words, it is an evolved thing and it reveals itself now in these extreme endurance events. And again, remember, um, very important, if you overdo it, you will harm yourself. If you're trained, you can maintain endurance. It's very important to keep exercising. It is easily one of the most beneficial things we can do for our bodies and our minds, as we all know, because mental health, uh, as we all know, very important exercise is really good for that. And my favourite thing, the immune system. Lots of evidence that exercise keeps the immune system going as well. The bottom line is, we know a lot about this. We know a lot about the limits of endurance. Keep watching. Who knows? Maybe in the Olympics, we'll see some of these records being broken. And imagine if they break through these things I've just said, we'll correct the science if the data tells us that. But at the moment, the science is telling us there are limits to these things and maybe eventually there'll be no more world records to be broken there'll be a few more I guess in the, in the coming years but ultimately a limit might well be reached so there you have it the limits of human endurance in all kinds of ways and thank you for listening hope you enjoyed that one and always remember every Thursday there's a new podcast which you can download and this is a News Talk production and thanks very much for listening Show Me The Science with Professor Luke O'Neill Proudly sponsored by B. Braun, saluting our frontline heroes for their outstanding commitment to the health of the nation. 